Slater foot there. Saturday. Welcome to episode 31 and a half of the ABZ Football Podcast. I'm Gary Scott. Joining me early this morning, it's Gavin Baxter. How's it going, Gav? Very early indeed, yes. We've probably had good cause to do this throughout the six months or so we've been doing this show, but yeah, now we've got a, a real need to come on and talk about the uh, latest development. Absolutely. Too early in the morning for James Steele. I think he's still in his bed, by all accounts. But hey, we thought we'd then bring to you an immediate reaction to the news this morning that Jim Goodwin has joined Aberdeen Football Club to become either our 24th or 25th permanent manager. It really depends on how you view Paul Hegarty's reign. For me, Paul's a caretaker all day long. So for me, Jim is number 24, but some people say 25. Joins in a two and a half year deal from St Mirren. Lee Sharp, not that Lee Sharp. There's not going to be any fancy dancing on the touchline, I don't think. He's going to be joining as an assistant. Gav, your first thoughts this morning when the news broke um well we've heard probably since what wednesday or thursday that jim goodwin was the firm favorite for the job um after the club appeared to decide to cool on the jack ross project so initially i'm just gonna say i'm thrilled that i do not have to retract my <laughs> previous Derek mckinnis from wish.com statement or claim that that was taken out of context um happy that the that happy that the business has been settled. We've got ourselves a new manager. Um, I've said from the beginning that Jim Goodwin of the people involved in Scottish football was probably my favorite option. And yeah, just looking forward to seeing what happens and wishing him all the best as he prepares to take the team for today's game, if it should go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Still subject to a pitch inspection at uh, 10 o'clock at the moment. So by the time this goes out, we'll know if the game is on or off. But as we're recording, it's not clear. If it is on, Goodwin's obviously going to be in the dugout they've indicated this afternoon, which I'm a little bit surprised that they would decide to throw him in so early. But then perhaps that does talk to the fact that this goes back to what we've been hearing through the week, that this was pretty much the direction of travel. And perhaps Goodwin's already had a bit of an eye on thinking about a team for today. Yeah, I think we would have expected Robson and the remaining interim staff to take the game and maybe Jim Goodwin and Lee Sharp would be very interested spectators. But yeah, clearly they want to be involved straight away and tends to indicate that they've done their research and they know already the way they want our team to to shape up and how they want us to play. Absolutely. We're, and we're going to do a deeper dive about Jim Goodwin and what I think we can come to expect from him in episode 32, which will come out later in the week. Uh, Kenny Lecky, uh, our Simmonin, fan in the know is going to join us to talk about Jim Goodwin in a bit more detail but let's just look at what we do know about Goodwin uh, obviously joining from St Mirren he's been there since June 2019 fair to say obviously he knows Scottish football well uh, an experienced professional I said it the other day if you'd have told me 10 years ago when I used to sit in the south stand and laugh my proverbial dick off about Jim Goodwin's full hard man antics in the centre of the park, and you told me that one day he would be manager of Aberdeen Football Club, I would have probably asked for whatever it was you were smoking. Well, I mean, subject to developments, we've heard rumours regarding who sit there and are eyeing up for mm. their next uh, manager. But if you told me, yeah, that Jim Goodwin would be our manager and Scott Brown would be our captain, that would be uh, that would have been a hard one to believe. I'm, Jim Goodwin was a very tenacious 
midfielder or tenacious player. That's a very polite way of putting a dirty bastard. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe that's not a bad thing to have in your manager. And also, he had a good quality in the sense of winding people up. I remember him doing the Maradona 7 one night uh, during a break of play, which I always find quite funny. Yes, I'd, I'd recall that as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of joking. I mean, it's, it's one of these isn't it? guys develop and they become different characters and so on and so forth. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on that side. But as we touched on, he's, he's an experienced professional, obviously, in the Scottish game. Started off his manager, managerial career at Aloha, joined them as a player manager back in October 2016. So he's, you know, he's five, five and a bit years into his managerial career in Scotland. So he, he comes, although he's only 40 years old, he comes with a level of experience already. He's, he's managed over 200 competitive games in, in Scotland, which is a marked difference to the previous appointment. Not saying it was right or wrong, but it, it's just a, a completely different set of statistics there. Uh, joined Alloa, obviously, after Jack Cross had left Alloa to go to St Mirren. Took Alloa up via the playoffs at the end of the 17-18 season and then did really well to keep them in the championship the following season. Alloa still, at that point, a, a part-time side. So even from that perspective, it's a good breeding ground, you would think, for a young manager. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I think Alloa were kind of a, bit of a, a yo-yo team between championship and league one off the back of Paul Hartley's work. But um, yeah, the point about keeping them up in the championship is the is the most impressive part. It tends to indicate that it's a guy that has the ability to work with a group of players and get them playing above themselves, which is, yeah, what we what we really want our team to be doing. Fingers crossed. Uh, as he left Alloa with a record of having 129 games, 151, 33 draws, 45 defeats. So win percentage of just under 40%, 39.5%. June 2019, that's when he makes the move to submit, and that's following the departure of uh, Oran Kearney um, after Saints had just avoided the drop in the playoffs against United in the campaign before. Now, the first season, I think it's fair to say, was a bit of a struggle for Goodwin. Uh, a 1-0 win, though, over Hearts in the very last match before football was halted due to the COVID pandemic meant that St Mirren ended up finishing ninth spot that season on the points per game basis. The uh, following campaign, so last year, last season. And if, and if I may note, it also consigned Hearts to bottom position. <laughs> it did indeed. <laughs> Scotland's premier yo-yo club right there. Last season, I guess, is the one that I get probably has most people sitting up and taking a bit of notice with regards to Goodwin. Saints eventually finishing in seventh spot, level on points though in the end with uh, St. Johnson at Livingston, who finished in fifth and sixth, respectively. But their form in the Cups was, I guess, where they impressed most in the League Cup. Obviously, Goodwin's side knocked out Aberdeen in the, well, the first round for us, the first round after the group stages. And then they put Rangers out in the quarterfinals, but fell short to a 1-0 defeat to Livingston. In the semis, and then also made the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup, where they were eventually beaten 2-1 by eventual winner St. Johnston. This season, at the moment, as we sit just now, Saints currently sixth in the uh, sixth in the league, sitting in the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup, where they're due to face Hearts at Tynecastle. We spoke with um, Kenny Lecky a few weeks ago now, when we were kind of previewing the the the, the fixture in Paisley about St. Mirren, the way they set up and everything, and. It's, it's an interesting one from this perspective because St. Mirren went on an absolutely horrendous run of form prior to prior to the winter break, prior to, I think as well, our arrival there earlier in the season. Yeah, prior was, to that game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they'd almost gone, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what the statistics are and I, it's way too early to go and check them because I've you know had to get the kids their breakfast and everything first. Um, <laughs> but it's, an, it's quite a remarkable turnaround for Goodwin. Prior to the winter break, they, ha- they, they weren't in the best of form, St. Mirren at all. 
I think on that runner form, you'd have been looking at really long odds about the prospect of Goodwin being linked with the Aberdeen job. Since they've returned from the winter break, they've gone on a fantastic run, probably one of the form teams in the country at the moment. That's obviously, again, piqued our interest. And a lot of that potentially has come down to the fact that Goodwin has actually changed shape for St Mirren. As Kenny had explained to us, during that run where they were really, really struggling, struggling to score goals, they were kind of much, pretty much welded to a three-at-the-back system. He's changed things since the winter break and gone to a more, I guess, a more traditional now 4-2-3-1 type approach. It's paid dividends for them. That in itself is a good sign for us, I think, that this is a guy who went away during the winter break, analysed where things weren't working and has changed it up. Yeah, I've got the uh, stats in front of me right now. It was prior to not our arrival. It was, um, yeah. So if you take it up to the winter break, there was 11 games in the league they didn't win. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and then they came back after winter break, beat Dundee United 2-1. And yes, since then, I think it's four wins out of five in the league and two wins in the cup. So yeah, it's a pretty remarkable turnaround, really. I think some people seem to be getting... um, bought into the idea that Goodwin's going to be a very expansive attacking manager. I'm not entirely convinced I necessarily agree with that. I think what Goodwin will do is probably take a very similar to, similar approach to Dent McInnes from a perspective, and I think will become a team that is pragmatic, I think would be the best way to approach it. I think he will try to make us a difficult side to beat and stop the silly goals that we're conceding at the moment, which is not a bad thing, don't get me wrong. At the moment, we are way too leaky at the back so it makes sense to try and sort that out first before you do anything going forward but I think anyone with aspirations of us becoming a a free-flowing attacking outfit under Goodwin are probably misplaced to an extent I think it's hard to say now I think with the remaining fixtures we have what is it 12 fixtures in the league 12 games in the league left to go I suspect in those 12 games he will be very much just getting back to basics and just having players playing Maybe in their more accustomed roles, um, if Ross McCrory is available, it would not shock me if Ross McCrory is pushed back in the midfield and we go with, until the end of the season, you know, Gallagher and Bates or don't know where Constantine and Devlin are in their in their fitness uh, journeys, shall we say. Um, and yeah, I tend to agree. I think, I think it's Aloha team were known for playing pretty decent stuff, given that they were a part-time team and Sitminer and have shown on occasion a willingness to play football. I mean, if anything, playing football too much was probably their issue when they came to Pataudry earlier in the season. We beat them 4-1. Um, and there's obviously there's circumstances that have been going against him this year. You know, budgets, meaning that he can only really target in the striking departments people like Curtis Main. Um, injuries to critical players, you know, the Jamie McGrath situation, who very much appears to have just downed tools for the last six months. Um, but I think you'd recognize that he's... I think I can see why the board have gone with him. I think it's interesting the statement about his experience in recruitment tending to indicate they're going to give more in the way of freedom or leeway to Jim Goodwin as opposed to Stephen Glass. Um, there's, a shake of, there's a shake of a head there. There's a shake of a head there. I'm not sure if I necessarily see it. I, I see that as being just a, a, this is a guy who's got an eye for a player and this is going to be able to fit into kind of what we're trying to do. And the reason, and it's a good, point maybe to talk about recruitment because this is something that I suspect Goodwin had credit in the bank for from a an evaluation perspective about him as a candidate. He's tapped into the Irish market really well for players. He's done really well identifying good players out the Irish leagues, taking them in for pennies, developing them, playing them, then, then, then moving them on. McGrath's a prime example of that. 
Now, the Irish market's obviously a finite one. There's only going to be so many good players that are kicking about there. And I know that a lot of Aberdeen fans are probably scarred by experiences with the likes of Chris Forrester, um, Stephen Gleeson, potentially to an extent. But Forrester's probably one that stands out from there because Forrester's tearing it back up again in the League of Ireland out there. I, I always think that Forrester's one you kind of have to take with a huge, huge pinch of salt. There was a lot of extenuating circumstances going on with that guy that meant we just never saw the best out of him. Um, but the, the point will remain, it's a small market. There will only be so many good players. But it does hopefully bode well that this is a guy who's not scared to look outside of the Scottish or the English lower leagues. And that might tap it, that might bode quite well for us on a recruitment front, given clearly already in, in, in January, we've been identifying different markets to look at. To have a manager in the hot seat who's not scared with that is is going to be a, a positive, surely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just where I was going with that was just, you just look at the work he's done, you know, like you said, his first season at sitting there and obviously curtailed by the COVID closure, but they finished ninth in the league that year. Last season, they finished seventh. This year, as it stands, they're in sixth place in the tops. So in the top six, ahead of a Hibs and Aberdeen teams that will have significantly, significantly bigger budgets than St. Mirren. So, yeah, all the evidence is there. It's like I said last week, he has done well up till now. And the, the next logical step in his career was to step up to a bigger club in Scotland. No disrespect to St. Mirren. And yeah, it's his opportunity now. And I think we will... Maybe just make it clear here in uh, in the spoken word, as well as we have on Twitter, he might not have been what we were looking for. Maybe we wanted the club to look a little bit further afield, maybe take a little bit more time. But Jim Goodwin is our manager now, and he will get the absolute full backing of, of us here on the ABZ Football Podcast. Absolutely. Let's just touch on that really quickly then, Gav. In terms of the actual process, or the process, um, to get us to where we are, are you surprised that we've maybe gone as quickly as we have here it's less than a week from Stephen Glass being bulleted to Jim Goodwin being appointed given I'm in kind of two minds on this one given where the league is at the moment fourth place is still very very achievable and the season is not a complete write-off contrary to what I think a lot of us felt leaving for a park last Saturday so I can understand from one perspective why they've acted quickly and got someone in because they maybe are still thinking, well, we can try and get fourth and fourth is going to be really important to us in terms of budgets, et cetera, for next season. So let's do it. But at the same time, I also balance it off and go, well, would it have maybe not been a bad idea just to take our time over this one, give Barry Robson and Simi the kind of reins until whenever, let's do the process properly. Not saying it's not been proper, but, you know, take our time over it. Make sure we've, turned over every stone that we possibly could in our search for a new manager. I mean, after, and it's this situation, like I know Goodwin's taking charge today, but realistically, how much can he actually do with the players? It's it's going to be very much a team talk is what he's going to, and maybe one or two tactics here and there that he's noticed, but nothing yeah. that he can realistically implement. I'm sure it will be Barry Robson and co carrying the, doing the legwork, so to speak. Um, and then we've got a week until Dundee United. So, I think personally, I was impre- I've been impressed with Robson's approach to um, being the caretaker manager. I think we could have safely left him in charge, but if the board have looked at it and decided that Jim Goodwin is in fact the outstanding candidate, and it does appear we've looked at more than one this time, then um, mm, we'll come on to that in a minute. I think then yeah, I can I can understand it. I think it's a good time for Jim Goodwin to come in as manager. I think it's a good time for anyone to come in. 
there's a big positive because there's a bunch of guys who are out of contract in the summer. There is, yeah. Um, but also, like as you say, we're three points off of fourth place, which was is it an achievement? I don't really know, but it's you know, it's what it's the best we can probably hope for. Yeah. And you'd go in as a new manager thinking, right, I've got a half decent set of players here. I just need to get these guys going and we can fire up this league really, really quickly. So and maybe that's the thinking behind it. Yeah, and it could, and also because you may you maybe do get a bounce here, like I just touched on. We've got a bunch of guys who are out of contract in the summer who are going to be desperate to try and now improve impress a new manager coming in the door um to try and earn themselves a new contract at Aberdeen Football Club. So it could be a win-win from that perspective. Just on the actual you've already touched on it. I mean, for me, I I I found getting into the position of having a choice between Jim Goodwin and Jack Ross to be um a little bit underwhelming. I'm not going to lie about that. That's just the way I feel about it. And if that makes me a hipster prick for wanting us to do something left wind, then I guess that makes me a hipster prick. I can absolutely see why the club have gone the way they've gone. I mean, in one respect, Goodwin ticks a lot of the boxes that they were looking for in terms of an emerging young manager. He's still only 40, but at least this time around, he's got, you know, he's younger than Stephen Glass was. Um, by four years, I think four or five years, but at least he comes in with two hundred games in Scottish football under his belt. Significant, so, a bit more experience than Stephen Glaster. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. So he ticks like two boxes from that perspective. I guess sometimes I always get back to a question with these types of scenarios where I go, "Would our peers in the Scottish Premier League be happy with this appointment? You know, if Hearts or Hibs." Are making this appointment would their fans be satisfied with it and i kind of think that i think they would i think on one hand most of them probably would be so it's, it's not a terrible shout from that perspective it's also as you said earlier on if you were having to pick a guy out of the current spfl setup to take he's probably the best choice out, out of the best candidate i would i would suggest but obviously postacoglu for example is going to be way outside of our budget so from uh, on an achievable level probably about as good as we could do within the scottish set up i am just a little bit concerned that we just haven't quite broadened our horizons enough and maybe been as ambitious as we could be but who knows i mean Derek McInnes came in the door at aberdeen and no one was particularly enthused about that and that worked out all right for four seasons so we could be back in that sort of territory again yeah well let's remember what happens sometimes when you hire them when you make the popular appointment uh, of course absolutely this is all conjecture and subjective opinion the objective is that Jim Goodwin is now the manager of Aberdeen Football Club and we wish him all the best. Absolutely. It's going to be really intriguing, Gav, don't you think, just to see how he does in a, again, no disrespect to St Mirren, a bigger job, bigger budgets at play, so he'll have a bit more freedom about who he who wants to target from a recruitment perspective. But that, of course, comes with massive expectations compared to what, with all due respect, St Mirren fans are expecting from their side. Do you think Goodwin's the kind of character that's going to be able to deal with that pressure and I guess that goldfish bowl thing that happens here at Aberdeen, a lot of Jamie Langfield was in the papers today, I think, or last night saying that Goodwin probably won't realise how big a football club Aberdeen is until he gets here. And I do think this is something that people sometimes do forget about, uh, just how much of a goldfish bowl this is. This is almost, because we're a one-team city, no, dis- no disrespect to, um, to to Cove on this one, the focus on the team is so intense. It's almost, on. it's, it's not on par with Clearly, it's not on par with the absolute lunacy that goes on around Rangers and Celtic managers. But the focus on our club within the city is huge. And, and that's a big, big 
ask from a manager coming in to deal with that pressure, that level of expectation. Not to mention just how pivotal this appointment actually is with withstanding that point. Um, I think you could see Goodwin as a player embraced being someone that was unlikable or, you know, would make a nuisance of himself. I think he's a pretty charismatic guy who's going to embrace the challenge of Aberdeen. Um, I don't think that's going to phase him at all, really. And even if it does, he's a silver fox as it is. It's not going to show up. <laughs> that's just true. This is true. A, a very, very, very good-looking man. Yeah. So, thoughts, Gav, just wrapping things up today on this one. Happy? Indifferent? Happy. Happy? Happy. Um, I'm happy that I have got my man. Who's your man? Oh. Well, you know, I was the most uh, outspoken supporter of him <laughs> on last week's episode, so um, I can come up and say that I was right. One other thing I'm just going to point out. How do you think Jim Goodwin is going to take to Jet? <laughs> um, I think Jet might want to think about looking for a new club, I suspect. I, uh, new, a new career, perhaps? I can't see Jet fitting in to Jim Goodwin's philosophy i'm going to be very polite about it um, um i guess should we do our maybe a, a new prediction for today oh that's not well if the game's on we're still waiting the game is on, for yes. um i can't admit i think i said it was going to be a one one or two two draw today so sticking with that um new manager two nil aberdeen two nil aberdeen yeah, he's Oof. gonna he's gonna galvanize it's gonna start off the way it's going to finish, and it's just going to be complete success. Is he just going to two foot Kevin Van Veen as he makes his way onto the pitch? Take a take a five foot a five or six game. Oh, uh, I guess we should talk about Scott Brown. Should we? Uh, what about the rumours? The conjecture, the, rumor is the innuendo, the the rumour and innuendo, as some like to say on certain podcasts. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's quickly talk about it because it's rumoured obviously Scott Burns. Um, tweeted about this last night that there was the potential that St. Marin were considering Scott Brown as their new manager, which doesn't, like, it seems like a really mad suggestion. Then I remember that St. Marin put Alex Ray in charge not all that long ago. So And Alan Stubbs. And Alan Stubbs. So it's, it's not the craziest of shouts. I don't know. What do you think? It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I was talking with someone on Twitter last night about the various contractual issues that would go about Scott Brown leaving, being able to register there as a player because it, it would involve us having to release him from his contract if there was any kind of fee. I suspect that means they would be able to register him. I think given that Stephen Glass has left and clearly Glass was a part of the the draw for Scott Brown to come to Aberdeen and being part of the first team coaching staff, I'd be, I'd be surprised if Goodwin wanted Scott Brown as part of the coaching setup. And if that is something that's integral to him being at a club, I think that going somewhere like St. Mirren might be, might be what he's looking for. So it, wouldn't, it would not shock me. Well, St. Mirren would be a, a, a natural fit for Scott Brown. Obviously, it would mean he could move back to Central Belt, etc. Yada, yada, yada. It would be a, a club where he could go in and, and, and cut his teeth. It's a club that have got history for taking in young managers. Goodwin's a good example. Jack Ross is a good example. Obviously, Brown doesn't have the experience that either of those guys had arriving at St. Mirren, but but it is. It could be quite a neat scenario, though, for everybody that's concerned with 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 what's going on in the last year at Aberdeen. Dave Cormack's obviously invested a lot of his own money, but also I, I don't want to say reputation, but his own trust with the fan base on the Stephen Glass experiment. 
and that included Scott Brown being brought in, a lot of good faith, a lot of goodwill, sorry, is the word I was looking for, a lot of goodwill has been used up on that. And so does it become quite a neat opportunity just to cut Scott Brown aside as well now? As you say, if you went there as a manager, we would just have to release him from his playing contract. Um, maybe we could do a deal uh, with St Mirren where we don't have to pay the, the quarter of a million compo for Goodwin. Maybe that's why the, the announcement was so protracted. It could be. Maybe there is something in the background that's working away on this. I don't necessarily think it would be the worst result now for us as a football club. As you say, Brown was very much brought in as part and parcel of the Stephen Glass coaching staff. It seems a little bit odd that there would be one guy left standing from that. Obviously, he is on a playing contract, so that's why he is still here. But I think if there was to be a a neat way to parcel Scott Brown off with a, a bow and a ribbon somehow, I don't think the club would necessarily look too unfavourable in that. And as you say, for Goodwin, it's probably not a bad shout either. It means he can come in, he can look at making decisions around club captaincy, for example, where that goes, all that kind of good stuff in the kind of short term with a view to them building a, a, a new squad, a new team for going into next season. And his own coaching setup as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Theo Tenkat's comments through the week have made me re- really reevaluate the idea of a... Because I don't like the idea of player managers, um, but I never kind of maybe thought about player coaches. Um, but Theo's been... He's lived it. He's been in there and he's clearly strongly opposed to the idea. I think he said that it was Stephen Glass's biggest mistake was hiring Scott Brown to be a player slash coach. And it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Uh, Theo's lived it with Willie Miller and Roy Aitken perhaps having that influence in both areas of the of the footballing operation is not a good not a good idea. Um and if I just break down Scott Brown's performances in recent times, I just I don't think he's stepped up in the way that you'd hope. And I don't think the idea of Lewis Ferguson, Connor Barron with maybe Jenks up ahead or McCrory back in midfield with Ferguson up ahead. I don't think that's a bad that's not a bad sounding central midfield to me. So yeah, sounds like it could be just a very good way of making everyone happy. I, I did see somebody call you out about your Teddy Jenks playing up a bit further at the park comment last night, Gavin, liking Teddy Jenks to Gary McDonald. Teddy Jenks is the Gary McDonald of the 2020s, apparently. Um, I think that's very, very harsh on Teddy Jenks. Oh, I'm not having that at all. Teddy Jenks at least has done three memorable things in an Aberdeen shirt. I couldn't tell you one memorable thing that Gary McDonald did in his entire time. Uh, Aberdeen Football Club. Somehow we've ended up talking about Gary McDonald. I don't know how that's happened. Just bring it all the way back. Jim Goodwin, your final thoughts, Gav? Great beard. Allows us, even if glass, with glass being gone, and even if, as I suspect, Christian Ramirez might be away in the summer, we can continue using Ted Lasso gifts. So I'm very happy. And let's be honest, that's all that matters to us. Jim Goodwin, welcome to Aberdeen Football Club. Let's see how you get on, you handsome Irishman. That's all from us on the ABZ Football Podcast this morning. That's the 19th of February 2022. We'll see you on Tuesday or Wednesday. Stand free.